do 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 Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. Hello, Kate, how are you? Mary, it all worked out, everything's fine. I am just so ready for a blockbuster got to be done because we have um, a top billing level guest on the got to be done uh, movie poster today. Um, (laughs) It's very exciting, I have to say. Uh, Look, you've got to love a special guest appearance. Um, Cam Williams is a writer who contributes to the ABC and Junkie, The Big Issue and SBS. He's written about Bluey before um, and he's even working on a script that is an ABC project, um, which is going to be his fiction debut. Oh, sounds Um, very exciting. But... Possibly more importantly, Cam is also a dad to a four-year-old and a six-year-old. He's got the healer pair. (laughs) Hey, Cam, thank you for joining us in the wagon. How are you? Oh, I am exhausted, but so (laughs) As are we all. (laughs) Got to be done, mate. (laughs) Just the, yeah, just the default exhaustion of 2020, uh, which is, but I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with that um, because I feel like that has become the way that we all greet each other now and we're not afraid anymore (laughs) to just say, I'm bothered. I'm really tired. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very seen right now. (laughs) It's just not that difference to how we should have all been talking to each other when we had small children before 2020. So um, at least we can be honest now, right? (laughs) Bingo, calm it down a bit, mate. Hey, Cam, so you are officially a movie guy, right? And that's why we've got you in to chat this amazing episode of Bluey Movies. But before we start the episode, um, do you have that that bluey moment how did you first stumble onto this gem yeah it's so weird to think about when you first heard about bluey because the show's become such a phenomenon but it hasn't been around for that long when you when you actually sit down and think about it and so I was thinking back to when I first kind of knew about it and it was we're one of those families that has ABC kids on pretty much every single day of the week except for the weekends because that's when we let our kids watch the commercial channels because of the toy commercials. <laughs> and so right. on the weekends we let them watch the the commercial channels so we can sit with them and commentate the toy commercials and say, never going to happen, that toy doesn't fly, <laughs> it doesn't move like that, um, just to have that honesty. But having that ABC on, kids on in the background all the time, you kind of – your brain kind of um, taps into like the algorithm of all the different promos and stings and the way that it rolls into shows. Sometimes I can even predict what show is going to come next. I, I used to um, be able to tell the time by the ABC Kids <laughs> schedule. I'm happy to say that that is no longer the case. Yeah, <laughs> But it's one of those um, things where I remember seeing the promos for Bluey and thinking, oh, yeah, like that looks like a new show coming. It looks great. But it was the music that got in my head the most and so like mm. the theme got in my head first and kind of nuzzled its way in and then when the show started airing I remember like hearing the theme playing from another room and going oh that's that new show and kind of running in to check it out and I think it was yeah some of the early episodes I think it was like it was like weekend and few of those earlier episodes I saw first and I was like oh wow this is great um and then it was like as soon as takeaway happened I think every parent can kind of remember when takeaway happened um that's when I was like 
this is something else. This is like a completely unique, different kids show to like anything I've seen. This is one of the best. And Bluey has so much, I guess, to offer uh, movie enthusiasts, uh, particularly maybe of our vintage who grew up watching sort of 80s blockbusters. But is this your vintage, Cam? Like we shouldn't assume. I'm guessing that that (laughs) is your vintage. Yes. (laughs) Did you go to Blockbuster Uh, Video as a child and get to, you know, pick out your five weeklies and things like that? I did, yeah. Um, Ours uh, ours was a video easy and it had a ball pit in the kids' section (gasps) and they did seven weeklies for $7. and so, oh. yeah, in the, whole, in the school holidays, uh, our parents would let us rent those weeklies and there was a lot of very questionable parenting decisions with <laughs> what they allowed us to rent purely based on VHS covers. So, um, yeah, a lot of horror movies were sneaked in and, like, things we should definitely not have been watching that may have traumatised me for the rest of my life. But, um, yeah, the, I am of that kind of VHS generation um, and, yeah, there are so many fantastic references to films of kind of that era within Bluey. So, yeah, there's con- they're constantly kind of sprinkling that stuff in there. You sure you're ready for movies, Bluey? You're a bit of a sensitive kid. Mackenzie's seen it. Yeah, but you're not Mackenzie. I know, but... I'm ready. One for to get the ball rolling. What was everyone's first movie that we all saw in the cinema? Good question. Mm. Um, I think mine was Curly Sue, oh, uh, yeah. which I don't think has really stood the test of time. I, I don't. You don't hear about people having like a, you know, nostalgic movie night and catching Curly Sue that heartwarming tale of a con man and his uh, <laughs> daughter, a card shark. Um, but Who was that actor in that movie? Like he was no everywhere idea. for a few years. Um, the guy with the mullet, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> that was uh, every guy, Kate. Oh, it's a Belushi, one of the Belushis, isn't it? Uh, a Belushi. No idea. They were like the Hemsworths. Yeah, yeah of, Jim of, Belushi. Uh, the Hemsworths. Got the, Hem- <laughs> the poor Hemsworths. It went. That's I think. I think thing. that it went Baldwin's, Belushi's, Hemsworths. That's like the progression of man through <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Yeah, Kate, Cam, like I'm just trying to think. Like mine is I think I remember like the earliest memory I remember was getting on a bus to go to a cinema to see I think it was like DuckTales the movie. Oh, um, classic. Yeah, we didn't live near a cinema like growing up. They didn't put one in the local shopping center until like I kind of <laughs> was in my preteens, so we used to have to travel, so that kind of made it a bit more of like an event. Kind of wish it was like something super cool, but yeah, it's going to be DuckTales. <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon DuckTales is pretty cool. Um, mine was Snow White. I remember my grandma and grandpa taking me to, I think it was the Modbury Cinema in Adelaide. Uh, and would yeah. it have been a bingo-ish age, Kate? Like that's that's a pretty early film. Yeah, I reckon I would have been maybe five. So Okay. So running up and down the aisles then or Snow White no, didn't really lend no, itself? No, <laughs> I, was, I was doing a bluey with um, covering my eyes in the scary storm at the end. with the, and, and now I think back and I'm like, it was an old lady in the rain because of <laughs> But um, at the time, terrifying. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I was fast-forwarding the, in inverted commas, scary scenes in Disney for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I still I think you were definitely a little bit kids. in the stampede in Lion King. Like I'm, I'm probably the bluey in this situation. 
Well, let's get into the episode (laughs) because the Bluey in this situation is not surprisingly Bluey. And (laughs) um, what a segue. I I love how, like, just in the first few seconds, they set this up so well with Bluey being a bit trepidatious just from the sight of a movie poster, whereas Bingo is full on tackling the standing props. Hey, where's Bingo? Did you guys get an early sense of where this movie, where this episode was going to go? The thing with this episode is that um, the the attention to detail within just the construction and the animation of the cinema itself. As soon as they were walking through those doors and the color of the carpet and the placement of the film posters, even like the tiling um, as they approached the counter. Yeah. Everything about it was already like firing off all of those memories in my brain of like being a kid and going to the cinema. And I just already immediately was like, oh, I'm done. Like this this episode is going to get me. The way that straight from the beginning that they established like the kind of status quo between Bluey and, and Bingo in terms of like what their expectations are. Do I have to pay for the four-year-old? She's not really going to watch it. Uh, yeah, you still have to pay. I was trying to place as I watched that entrance um, from the the posters that were up whether they were actually trying to capture a period in time because um, I think particularly the the B movie was a um, pretty spotable kind of poster tribute on the wall and then we see the preview for it once they're actually in the cinema. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that's a pretty recent movie. When did that come out? 2007. So. Really? <laughs> Uh, my grasp on time and reality is just, yeah, we can forget about that. But uh, I wondered why that was in there. Does, um, Kate, have you seen B-Movie? No, I haven't. And I, uh, up until you said that just then, I just assumed it was a trope that they were drawing on purely for Bluey, um, you know, because isn't that the way that most kids' films are? It's sort of that, you know, oh, you've got to be yourself. Well, it kind of... You're right. There's a lot of kind of kids movie tropes in this, but the B movie one in particular sent me down a like you know well a B equivalent (laughs) of a rabbit hole because um, I had never seen it either. Uh, Cam, are you across B movie and the layers of weirdness around that film? Yeah, yeah. I I saw B movie in a cinema, and um, it was because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan and. Jerry Seinfeld hadn't done anything since Seinfeld ended. Like he did the, I'm telling you, for the last time, kind of big stand-up tour and it was like yeah. meant to be his big kind of farewell. Goodbye, Ron, I'm a billionaire now. Um, <laughs> that kind of condescending Jerry Seinfeld kind of way. But then like B-movie was meant to be his like big comeback. And so like I remember like going to see it and thinking like, for some reason I'm buying a ticket to an animated movie about a B because he wrote it and voiced it and his kind of comedy mates are in it as well. Did you, did you like it? Like was it a was it a good film? It's it's such a weird movie because it's <laughs> like trying to be it's kind of one of those films that's caught between two worlds. It's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld came up with this idea that's like, what if B? It's in a very <laughs> in a very giant Jerry Seinfeld kind of way. He's like, what's the deal with other bees? And it's like <laughs> the whole the whole premise of the movie is basically like bees find out that humans are stealing their honey and they go on strike and there's like a court case and it's like them arguing why they should be able to keep their honey and all this kind of stuff. Mm. It's so bizarre because (laughs) you're kind of like 
how like how did this get made it's like one of those really weird movies like if someone if someone came to me while I was a big fan of Seinfeld and said you know one day this guy's gonna make an animated film about bees I'd just be like no that's (laughs) never going to happen you are a liar this summer prepare to be out of your comfort zone Let's get out of the foyer because mm. there is a moment in this episode we have to talk about, which is when they finally get to the counter. Was there any chance that Bandit wasn't going to have the how much moment? One adult and two kids to Chunky Chimp, thanks. And a giant popcorn. And a small popcorn. Oh. Uh, $54, please. <laughs> this is the um, the movie's equivalent of the Tooth Fairy five bucks, I feel like. It's always oh, surprising yeah. how much it costs to take children out to do anything, though, I find. Like, you know, you take them oh. to a local play centre, which is like an indoor version of your local playground, except more soft play things. And, you know, you're like 30 bucks. And half the time they're there for 10 minutes and they're like, oh, mum, bored, can we go? Like, no, no, I just paid $30 for you to have fun. Go have fun. Anyway. One of the craziest things that happened to us was we went to, um, I'm just going to call it something different because I know they probably have a lot of lawyers. Um, (laughs) It was like square-shaped world. um, Oh, yeah, yeah. And... We went there, we went to Square Shaped World and this is a place where all the squares click into each other seamlessly and can make all these great things. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And at Square Shaped World, they have a play area where, that requires socks and if you show up and your kid doesn't have socks, they charge you like a ridiculous amount of money to buy their socks. So How they much can money wear are we talking? Talking like I can't remember the exact amount, but it was enough for me to remember it. <laughs> and then later on, I like in like one of the nerdiest things I've ever done, I wrote a Google review of this place <laughs> and warned parents about the socks. <laughs> and did anyone like it or, or reply back? Yeah, no, like I get I get emails all the time from like <laughs> Google Analytics, whatever it is, saying because they always want you to do more reviews once you do one. And it mm. was like, your your sock review has been viewed almost 2 million times. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. You are viral in the square <laughs> land sock world. Yeah, I'm like, take that square world. I'm not going to uh, get your expensive socks. <laughs> they have lost millions because of you. Um, yeah, I think they yeah. have a whole, like, department set up to combat what they now is now known as the great sock crisis of <laughs> 2018. <laughs> I don't know how to rate this level of controversy in this episode, but obviously the movie they're going to see is Chunky Chimp. Mm. How do you guys feel about Chunky Chimp? Like what is going on here? Well, I just want to know what the difference between Chunky Chimp and Chutney Chimp are. It's like one American, one British. Is this the difference between like Daniel Tiger and Simba the Lion? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Because oh, I, I, yeah, when they originally said it in a previous episode, I thought they said Chutney Chim, as in like it was just called Chutney Chim, and I thought it was a train. And it was like, oh, it was like their chimney. version of Thomas the Tank Engine or something. But then, and then, yeah, and now you're saying it's Chutney Chimp, and there's also a Chunky Chimp. Yeah. It's like, whoa, the, 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 the expand, <laughs> the, yeah. the like kids' entertainment within Bluey is just like expanding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 
I think we we have established that there is a chutney chimp because that's who's mentioned in Takeaway um, mm. as the the measure of time. It's um it's a five minute show because five minutes is one episode of Chutney Chimp, mm-hmm. and then um in another episode in season two, Bluey's using Chutney Chimp wrapping paper. Is it but, Featherwand? Um, yeah, where she's wrapping but, up the present for Chloe. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But like, I think. Kate, we've discussed before, you know, there's a pretty obvious parallel to Peppa Pig, but then who is the parallel to Chunky Chimp? Like, like I really wanted there to be a direct kind of ripoff at play here that um, that is getting sent up because as this movie kind of progresses, I feel like this is a send-up that Ludo are doing of something general in children's entertainment too, oh, yeah? I, I was getting the total, like, let's just think of every stupid trope ever in kids' movies and use them all. Like, you know, you've got the the character that doesn't fit in and doesn't feel like they belong, who has big dreams and everyone else is telling them no and they decide to follow them anyway. Um, yeah, I mean... I guess just because it was set on like an Africanish plane, it kind of felt a little bit Lion King esque to me, especially with the "Be Yourself" song um, with Chubaduba. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely little cameo from Joff Bush, who is the voice of um, Chubaduba. You can find the magic pinecone junkie. You just have to be yourself. And Daley Pearson, one of the exec producers, is. Um, he's played Poffergy's dog before, but he's the guy at the counter who's like $54, thanks. <laughs> so the whole family getting involved. Um, yeah, I, I, that was my take on it though, Some sort of like Disney trope, yeah, but, but not specific. What, what do you reckon, Cam? Yeah, I think they're getting, I think they're, like I think when Bandit goes, oh, oh man, the songs. It's just like a mood trademark. I think that's what I really subtly loved about this episode is that they kind of took their opportunity to kind of very subtly satirize all those really condescending kids movies that we all have to sit through. Mm. Um, yeah, even just the tone of Chubadoo's singing is like, well, you gotta be. It's like, as soon as it starts, <laughs> you just like, I just had like all these like flashbacks to every single time <laughs> that's happened in a kid's movie. Uh, shades of Hakuna Matata, like is that yes. what you were thinking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, or even just like even like for me in this episode, like the kind of the masterstroke with the satire of kids entertainment is um, the kind of what I will call the chef's kiss moment, which is where it's like the magical pine cone, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like this Obi Wan Kenobi pine cone, like just the mentor MacGuffin. Like it's like every single movie where it's like someone's on this like hero's journey and then yeah. you've got yeah. this like mentor and in this one it just happens to be a pine cone. It's just <laughs> yeah. so funny. Um, the um, hero's journey is a really interesting sort of thing, I guess, because um, Pixar use it in all their – and it's very specific, the hero's journey. I was reading a little bit about it the other day and there's definite stages and like – Basically, they get the hero to do everything possible without having to do the thing that makes them vulnerable and then that moment and then from there that's when the solution falls into place. It's quite interesting how they make it play. Yeah, Man. It's all very rooted in psychology. Yeah, Disney's been reading Brené Brown just like you, Kate. Yes, my girl. (laughs) 
We're best friends in my head. <laughs> so much vulnerability going on. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am different. I'm the only one of my friends who doesn't watch movies. But it's funny, like you you say satirize Cam, but there's so much out there that's worse than Disney, I suppose. Like yeah. if anyone's kind of doing it well, it's it's the Disney's and the Pixar's with the yeah. uh, with the occasional misstep. Um, but yeah, to, like. I'm sure the second and third and even fourth tier of terribleness is out there. Um, I'm not sure where B-movie would fit on that, but um, how how often do you guys dip your toes in ones where you actually have to groan as soon as the first song starts? Oh, all the time. Like I, really? think, <laughs> I, think, when you run out, I think when you run out of all of your options and you're kind of going like, okay, like what is something that looks like tolerable or sometimes you just like stuff it, I'm just going in. Um, I've noticed a lot of the kids, like a lot of the kids' musicals now are kind of becoming like more like jukebox musicals. So mm. like Trolls is a really good example oh, of this. Yep. And Sing um, as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the most painful thing about those is that it's not only is it kind of like just not very kind of like creative to just be like, we're going to just lean on like 50 years worth of music. Actual good music. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, ruin and, it. and listen to like, you know, like, uh, you know, celebrities that actually want to be singers kind of like, kind of like high pitching their way through some classics. And you're like, oh, geez, like, couldn't they have just gotten like real singers? Um, <laughs> but. Um, the most painful thing about that is it just turns you to dust because you feel so incredibly old because that song you were once dancing to in a nightclub is now like there's like trolls like going, girls yeah. just want to have fun. And you're like, I'm so old. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish I wasn't different. Look, mate, I'm pretty sure that by the end of the movie, everyone will like that the monkey was different. I always find it really weird too. Do you guys find this, that um, a lot of the DreamWorks animated movies always end in a dance party? Yes, yes, like Madagascar okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, like Minions, Madagascar, like even mm-hmm. I think Megamind, which is the one that's like the Will Ferrell one where he's like a blue alien guy. Yeah. Like the movies, like they get to a point where like the movie ends and it's like whatever the message is, it's like just be yourself. And <laughs> suddenly it's like <laughs> for some reason someone always like presses a button and like a DJ booth like rises just out of the ground. And it's, yeah, like, and Shrek it's always, as well, right? Like that yeah, Shrek is Shrek. the same. Yeah, and the movie just goes into full dance party mode. Yeah. And I think it's actually like a mandate. They're like every kid's movie <laughs> that we make must end with, with like dance them party. dancing to YMCA because that's how we send kids off thinking that this movie was great even if it wasn't that good do they think it's happening in the cinema do you reckon like are they picturing like every cinema full of just you know like a balloon drop from the ceiling and kids just breaking just out you know, yeah dancing in the aisles like toe tapping like i think that's there's, there's oh, man. you know executive somewhere that has written like a note on a script saying like where is the dance party <laughs> Terrifying. I, I want that moment of uplift, yes. Um, but, yeah, now I've got that image in my head. I'm like, yes, it's terrible in the cinema experience, but I want it to happen in Bluey, although it, it's kind of almost happened in dance mode maybe. Yeah, I reckon that that's that moment almost. Dance almost. mode is that moment. Well, yeah, and Office, isn't it? The Office one has like a dance. It's like this is like the running oh, thing of like this is an dancing yeah. office. 
Um, well, perhaps perhaps the Bluey movie, which we're still waiting for, will uh will deliver on that particular <laughs> trope. Um, if you know, surely if it could work in anyone's hands, it's Joff Bush that can make it believable. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see. I could definitely see. Um, like Bluey opening with a musical number that's like that they could go full meta and just be like, this is the part where everyone sings and, like, the whole opening <laughs> up is just, like, a satire or, like, them just poking fun at, like, kids' movies opening numbers. And I think that would rule. Like, that would be so cool if they just did a whole opening number like that and just acknowledge I'm introducing that- myself. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> it's like we're setting up the part of the movie. It'll come into play in the third act. Like, it's... Look at yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah, it'll be so cool to be, like, Brisbane. <laughs> Can they just smash through all the all the different um, sites? That'd be amazing. Oh, so yeah, good. Can't wait. I'm ready for movies, just like everyone else. Hey, I'm keen to ask you guys about this episode. The, uh, like, talking about, like, once they get into the cinema and the kind of the dynamic between Bluey, oh, I really want to watch this movie. I want to be like my friends. And Bingo just wanting to have fun. Um, Something that was really in- that always fascinates me about this show is when they kind of let like w- I find this episodes where Bluey is like really cocky and it's kind of like oh it's like some stuff is like it's a little bit out of character and I found like in this movies episode with Bingo even though like I love like cheeky Bingo um, some of the stuff where Bingo was just going like fully nuts was like it just felt like a little bit out of character, but then I don't know if it's just like, you know, there was some red cordial in the car or like what was going on there. <laughs> there's the whole lot of additives um, on that bat of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, I reckon you're right. Like I don't think there's another episode where we've seen Bingo this this hyperactive. Uh, feather um, wand, Mary, feather wand. Uh, yeah, that was almost strategic, I thought. <laughs> But that's sad. Um, that's that's sad, Bingo. Because they did have, I think it was the beginning of the second season. There was a really solid run of like sad Bingo episodes, where like every yeah. episode was like Bingo being sad. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> glad she's perked up for this one, definitely. But yeah, um, but yeah, like I think a four-year-old is so, you know, emotions go with the moment that I'm prepared to believe this is not out of character for Bingo. It's well, just, it's uh, just like you say, red cordial. Still. Like who has a four-year-old and, that and sits still that long? Who is taking a four-year-old to the cinema? Well, you might be, Cam. Like you, yeah, we took. kids are obviously cinema, you know, cinema buffs just like you. Yeah, I think we took a three-year-old to the cinema. Um, wow, that's heavy, man. Which was yeah, what was I can't remember what our first one was. I think our first I can't remember what our first one was. It was either Fro- was it Frozen Two? I can't remember. When we saw Frozen Two, the fire alarm went off halfway through, and I think it <laughs> gave like it scarred one of our kids um, a little bit. Um, but that was an experience. <laughs> that was an experience. Um, so we had to then explain to them after that you know fire alarms don't go off like in every movie. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think yeah, four four seems like. Four seems like a good time to take them. It's just, yeah, I think it's kind of like gambling, right? You're like, oh, how long is this going to last? Which I think, you know, they perfectly capture in this episode in terms of like, can, can we go? Can we stay? Can we go? Can we stay? It's like that that um, tug of war that always happens with like these kind of activities. But I want to go down there. No, you have to stay here with me. But I want to explore. And I feel like you've got to be strategic as well and uh in my head, well, 
my definition of strategic conveniently for this is how many movies at home I've let um, my four-year-old watch. (laughs) Whereas it does seem like Bluey's like coming into this pretty cold that she hasn't watched a lot of movies full stop. Like, I guess it's a pretty different experience at the cinema, but um, she seems like, I feel like she'd be less overwhelmed if she'd watched a few kind of excitable kids movies at home. Mm. Um, but perhaps I'm just, yeah, telling myself, you know, patting myself on the back. Yeah, good parent. You're, you know, you're letting your kids watch all the movies at home and, and that way they'll be ready for the cinema experience. That, that's a parent <laughs> award right there, right? Yep, <laughs> definitely. We've been yeah, through great. lockdown, okay. Mary. Everything's on the table this year. It's, it's 2020. Look, I'm watching. Well done, Bluey. Let's talk about I wish I wasn't different because um, – it's just such a classic line. I Googled it. Like, it hasn't been used before. This is like really? it was almost a, a Google whack in terms of, um, you know, lines out of movies, which shocked me um, wow. because it's every movie, right? Have you guys got a favourite I Wish I Wasn't Different movie? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. Um, Shrek? Oh, yeah. yeah. But Shrek, 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 like, just loves being an ogre. He just wants to be left alone, so he doesn't really want to change. So hmm, that's probably not a good one. Mm. It, it really put me in mind of um, pretty much the only thing I can remember about A Bug's Life, which is the line, um, it's never been our tradition to do things differently, <laughs> which um, <laughs> I think kind of, yeah, is very much what, um, was it Chuba Duba or who was the one who was the character friend who was telling him to stay up in the trees that like I felt like that was very much the vibe I was getting from Chunky's friend there the purple one was it a purple one (laughs) yeah he was the one that and also something else in the dialogue of that exchange is like the way that um in a lot of movies like this where it's like they have like kind of those collective nouns for like different groups of people so they're like the groundlings or like whatever they're called it's kind of like it (laughs) It reminded me a little bit of, and I actually revisited this film this week, um, is um, the Ron Howard film Willow. Um, oh, yeah. Which is that kind of fan, it's kind of like this fantasy adventure about like a, you know, the, the, about a kind of, it's set in like a magical kingdom where this. With um, Warwick this, Davis in it? Yeah, with Warwick yeah. Davis and Val Kilmer. Um, and it's kind of like, yeah, which wants to kind of end everything and they have to rescue this baby and it's this it's like it like it holds up really well um but it's kind of got a similar vibe to it like it was the story was originally written by george lucas so it's kind of and he's such a big hero's journey nerd so it's very much that kind Mm. of like you know they've got this baby they've got to return it they're like we don't want to return it just leave us alone and it's very similar (laughs) it's weird to like now go it's very similar to the chunky chimp movie um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, be yourself. Yeah, I think it again. It, it taps into um, you know the fact that you know the people that make Bluey. It's obvious that they're such huge. Like they grew up in that period of time, so they're always throwing in all kinds of different um, references and things like that. So I think um, yeah, they're trying to throw as many of those different kind of like fantasy adventure, someone going outside their comfort zone kind of movies all into into Chunky mm. Chimp, and then making it as um, <laughs> as um, precocious as possible. <laughs> Nailed it. Now fly, Chunky! Okay, I have just lost track of where the <laughs> totally. plot is even at. Um, well, should we yeah, should we where, go to the storm? Where do you guys want to jump off? Yeah, let, let's yeah. go into the storm where, um, 
you know, this is the pivotal moment, I guess, where Bluey is facing her fear and at the same time Bandit is facing his nightmare of Bingo <laughs> running rampant in the cinema and he's tripping over himself to try and catch her. Um, Bluey somehow ends up at the front of the screen. Uh, I was uh, really taken back to a lot of 80s movies, I guess, where you've got those um, you know, just ridiculous montages with things going crazy and, um, yeah, there was something almost Home Alone-esque-ish um, with the chaos that was ensuing. Uh, where did it take you guys? I, it reminded me a little bit of Back to the Future, like where they're, where the DeLorean's got to hit the rope at the right moment that the lightning hits the clock tower. Yeah. Um, and even to the point where, you know, like, Chunky Chimp goes off the edge and dips down and it's like, and then it's like pops back up again. So it's kind of like, yeah, it just reminded me of that, like, you know, that stressful all hope is lost, they're not going to do it kind of moment. Yep. And the but, yeah. cone just floating in the air, <laughs> but you rode off to save the village. <laughs> yeah, the... the the um the pinecone too yeah definitely reminded me of kind of that Luke use the force moment from like <laughs> Star Wars in the trench run, um mm-hmm. but yeah I reckon take your pick. There's just they they're so good at kind of creating that Ludo is so good at creating that experience of like we're going to let you project what you want onto this mm. by kind of bringing together so many different elements. So I think you could probably list off like thousands of movies and you would be right. Do you have a favourite movie reference in the Blueyverse, uh, Cam? Like there must be so many that kind of jump out at you. Yeah, there, there are so many. Mine is mine is a weird one because it's not it's like it's a reference, but it's a reference to like a poster, a movie poster, which is oh, yeah. in the pirate ship episode when Bandit lifts them up on that rubber thing they fall into the same formation as the Goonies poster. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, which is like, like I don't know, like anyone that's seen that poster, as soon as you see three people hanging by each other's legs, you know what that is. What about you guys? Do you have like those moments or like it doesn't have to be a movie, like uh, do you have like like those moments where something just flashes up on the show and you guys go, oh, my God, like it, like are they sending me messages, <laughs> secret messages? <laughs> all the time, um, all the time. Uh, I think mine is still in Queens where Chili says got to be done after it was Bandit's line in the first season um, and we very much took that as a message to us. It's like, oh, well, if Chili's saying it, you know, they're shouting out the podcast, <laughs> which uh, is, yeah, obviously a quite um, self-obsessed one. Kate, you've probably got a better one. <laughs> Oh god. Um I I just yeah, there's so many episodes where it's, it's more the little things I think for me like um you know like when Bluey calls her dad mum in um uh hide and seek or she's like hey mum I mean dad sort of thing and yeah. um yeah yeah, yeah, it's that real like, life reference. It's those little the very little fleeting things which and, you know, I, I think it has this in common with Seinfeld as well. There's so many things that you take for granted as being just an integral part of your childhood. And the amazing thing about Bluey is that they're being articulated in a t- TV show and maybe for the first time. I don't know if I've seen those conversations that I've had in my childhood and that I have with my kids now reflected 
in a TV show before. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was talking to somebody recently that worked in like mainly kids TV and had written like a a lot of shows and they were talking about kind of like the rules of kids TV and how like it's the norm to have very minimal adult characters if you're creating a kind of kids world because the kids have to rule that world like they have to be the bosses and they have to be in control and a really good example of this is um and another one of my favorite kids tv shows god australia makes so many good australian kids tv shows is little lunch and how that show very much focuses on the kids and there's only one adult character which is their teacher mrs goncha but they purposely make all the other adult characters either in voice or you never see their face. Wow. Because um, most of the time, like, with the adults in a kid's show, like, the adult's just going to solve all the kids' problems and it's going to be like mm-hmm. there's no conflict, there's no drama, there's nothing in there. Whereas Bluey is the opposite of that. Like, the parents and the adults are very much kind of present in the show and, like, they're part of that world in such a beautiful way. So... And I think that's why you get so many kids shows where it's like, it's like, where are the parents? The childless world, like the PJ masks, where yeah. are the parents? Yeah. <laughs> why are they out of bed at okay. 8 o'clock at night? I know. It just makes me <laughs> uh, mad every yeah. single time. Get back into bed, you children. I always have to explain to people though, um, like, because obviously, like, now it's become so huge, and there's people, every people of all different, like, whether you've got kids or not, are watching it, and like, people always come to me and they'll be like, and I'll be like, oh, like, I'm exhausted, like, oh, like, like, even in lockdown, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, this is, this is happening, and this is happening, and oh, it's a lot, and then people are like, oh, you know what, man. Just be like those parents on Blue In. Just play a game, man, and play. And I'm just <laughs> oh. like, you don't understand. The games on Bluey last 10 minutes. So yeah. you can be playing a Bluey game at 8.45 a.m. on a Monday and then by 9 o'clock it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, there's, it's so hard to articulate uh, to people that, you, yeah, there's time for that, but it's not like the whole day. That game won't last the whole day. It's kind no, of like yeah. surreal. I, I ate 35 burgers that my son made for me yesterday <laughs> before I was like, no, this game's over. <laughs> so, and I reckon he yeah. made it in like, it was like pretty much as soon as I ate one, he was offering me the next. So, yeah, uh, lockdown life um, for sure. Uh, but they never like last as long as you think it would. Yeah, we get stuck in those bluey um, game loops. So we'll do like we'll do like a game from the show or whatever, like that's inspired, and there'll be like some twist that our kids have added or whatever, and we'll play it. And then there'll be like a highlight, and then they just want to replay the highlight over mm. and over again. Like they don't want to play mm-hmm. the game; they just want to go do that voice again, do this again. And it's just like it's like Groundhog Day. It's just like again again like, again well, again and do it's like that it's, voice <laughs> i was so clever yeah. and now i am not yes yeah and i'm like okay why can't we set up another burger stand over here or a shop and it's like no no more shops we're just doing this and it's like <laughs> oh god what have i done yeah, and this so often involves violence as well, like well, at our house anyway. Like it's just the one bit where you get kicked in like the, you know, the ribs and like, okay, that's the bit we're doing. Like, oh, no, why? Oh, God. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, 
Nice one, Bluey. Can I bring up one thing about this episode that I yeah. think is like one of the greatest tributes to just the way cinemas are built that we take for granted? Um, I absolutely love the like no man's land carpet area at the front of cinemas mm. where yeah. kids will often like run around at the end of a movie or even during a movie. But I just love how they like acknowledge that space in the show and the way that like, you know, anyone can walk down there and just do stuff and they, they <laughs> a lot of kids do. That was something that I was like, this is what makes this show like so kind of uniquely Australian and, and, and adds to its greatness is that like they totally get like all the different spaces and the way that we kind of in, inhabit them. And, mm. yeah, just seeing that little bingo bit and then running around down the front, I was like, they've done it again. This, <laughs> this show has done it again. Perhaps that space is just there for the um, – the dance party at the end, like perhaps <laughs> with the group yes. ball. It's just, yeah, we just need to claim that space for, for all our dancing purposes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we just completely agree. It. It's, like, and it's we're going to bring so it back. Observant. Okay, let's get you out of here. We've talked about how we get so much in our day-to-day lives from Bluey, even if it can be a bit unrealistic um, for our purposes. But I love after, at the end of this episode, even after Bandit has been so, you know, not wanting to fork out the cash and so like groaning about the songs and just dismissive of, you know, it's a monkey in the rain. I love that even this terrible movie that they've gone to see, he manages to like grab the the guts of the message out of it and deliver it to Bingo in that beautiful moment, right? Oh, so good. You know what, Bingo? Just be yourself. Um, Um, Mary, I've been texting with Jeff about about the music because you know how we hear these short little snippets and, I mean, in that moment we hear the song and it all worked out, everything's Mm fine. Um. Apparently what they did was they made full versions of each of those songs that are featured in No. Yeah. So they did, they recorded kids singing full versions and then those songs that they did, the big versions of, got cut down to about five seconds. So you can imagine (laughs) there is so much music behind the scenes that just never made it. Um, but Joff has actually very kindly sent me a demo. So we'll have a little listen. I wish I wasn't different. I wish I were the same I wanna be like all my friends Instead of kinda strange I should be happy here Amongst these trees Why do I yearn for the ground? Tell me, please. Mm -hmm. 
said to me there was a lot of music, which Joe Twist, who's one of his um, main collaborators, helped out with. Um, what they were trying to do was um, like they used the score from the, the first song, I Wish I Wasn't Different, and then they put every single Hollywood film score tropes and tricks that they could think of. Um, they wanted to make it sound like it was in the movie but actually matching the real-world action too. Um, and then I asked him about playing Chubaduba and he said that um, Chubaduba was the role of a lifetime. I was channeling my best Bobcat Goldthwaite. And if you don't know who Bobcat Goldthwaite is like me, I had to Google it briefly, but um, he's an American comedian who uses a very like, wow, you know, sort of high-pitched um, <laughs> enigmatic kind of voice uh, with his stuff. So, yeah, that was definitely the vibe that um, Joff was bringing to the role. Yeah, be yourself. Okay, I think we're there. Um, so, Cam, if you've got another five minutes. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm having a blast. This is so oh, much fun um, because the only other person that I can talk bluey with is my, obviously my wife, but also um, myself. Um, I'll often just... <laughs> I'll just often sit after an episode of Bluey and just like, especially if it's like a, like a top tier Bluey, you know, it's, I'll just sit there and go, am I going to die one day? Seems unlikely. What is your top tier? Is that sleepy time you're talking about with that moment? Like I'll always be with you even if you can't see me. I love sleepy time, but the one that just kept kicking me in the heart was flat pack. Mm. Um, just yeah. because of that, like, bit at the end where it's like, come up here and sit with us and they're kind of going, but, like, it's basically like they're in the afterlife and they're watching Bingo <gasps> play and, it's and like, Bingo's meant to be, like, the, the their future children or whatever and it's just like, whoa, like, that was the one that just kept. Yeah. That was, like, the Shower Thoughts episode where, I was like, whenever <laughs> I was, like, at the end of that Bluey episode, they touch hands and pass, like, into another way of Real. being and I'm like yeah. oh my god it's like a kid show <laughs> and proof of the afterlife all at once oh, yeah amazing. that was the one that kept getting me and then oh, like obviously everyone's like everyone is just like river of tears for the grandpire episode for granddad mm, um yes yeah that one really hit me hard and yeah obviously like just the just kind of like the zen genius of takeaway um yeah. and having those like eureka moments is like that I mean yeah my all-time favorite episode is takeaway um but uh, yeah, as kind of the show is still growing, um, that, like there's just so much more room for that that great one. Uh, yeah, I think takeaway and camping are like my all time favorites. Well, wow. this is a perfect well, segue into um, the rapid fire questions that we always ask because that's one of the questions is what's your favorite episode? Um, yeah. Mary, do you want to kick things off? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've covered episode. What what about favourite character, Cam? Can you na- nail it down to just one? Yes, I can. And, you know, if it, if I could give it its own hashtag, I will. <laughs> it's Muffin for Life. Um, <laughs> it is. I think Muffin yes. is the best character on the show. She is just so crazy and wonderful and wild and um, knows exactly what she wants. Um, just the way that they do Muffin when she does that, vo- like, the voice when she screams. Um, 
like there's Christmas swim and in that episode like they give the the big the, you know the person saying the title of the episode to muffin um like in the episode and she goes Christmas swim and I'm just like <laughs> you wild wonderful child just keep on shining <laughs> Amazing. That is an argument well made Mm. for that little menace. (laughs) Cam, tell us what your favourite quote is. Okay, it is. There's so many throwaway lines that Bandit says, but when he goes, ah, forget this, it just always makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally relatable. Um, Can you narrow it down to one? Going back to when you were a kid, Cam, what was your favourite kids TV show? Okay, so I'm a hu- I was a huge fan of the um, come home from school, turn on Channel 9, watch Spellbinder, flick over mm. to the ABC, watch all of the ABC kids line up all the way up until Press Gang followed by Monkey Magic and then as soon as like the serious news program came on, you knew it was dinner time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, just all of that, great. <laughs> that, was my kind of, that was kind of my era, but I have to say I was a huge fan of like shows like Ship to, the Sh- Ship to Shore, Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, Round the Twist, all of those really great live-action television shows that they used to make in Australia that they don't really make as much anymore. Mm. Um, That kind of era of all of those kind of shows, I used to just absolutely adore them. And um, I really do hope that one day we kind of see a bit of a return of that because it Mm. seems to be kind of slowly disappearing. Yeah. Um, Do you have a favourite for real life bluey moment in your life, Cam? Um, it's, it's happening, it's happening recently and I'm just, it's, I'm just talking about it cause it's top of mind at the moment. Cause yeah, there are so many two real moments, but, um, we're going through, uh, losing teeth at the moment. And oh. so the, we're going through the whole like five bucks and Bluey is very much part of that problem. And I think if there are any serious criticisms that can be aimed at this show, <laughs> it is the inflation of tooth fairy prices across the world. Um, is mainly due to Bluey. We should be dealing in coins, not notes. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we know season three is coming next year. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be a wait. But when it gets here, what what do you need to see in season three? Okay, I don't know if you guys have ever theorised about things that are happening in the show, but the, t- the <laughs> two things that i podcast? keen on. Come on, come on, Cam. <laughs> yes, no, I'm aware, but I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware of the theories, right, yes. but um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the from actually from the very beginning. I'm a very big fan of a possible a third baby, yeah, uh, yeah, third child. Um, and I think off I think considering that they pumped up the baby Louie episode so much, um, that the chances of another kid coming along could be a high possibility, and it is something that. I think they could have a lot of fun with in terms of like making jokes about how like a lot of TV shows do that <laughs> where they're like, like I think Modern Family did it. Yeah, but the third baby and also I really badly want to see a, because I'm such a big Muffin fan, like a really solid Muffin solo episode or like a whole mm. episode to- told from Muffin's point of view of the world or even just like their whole family, like just seeing that so- a whole episode where it's like, bluey visiting their house um for a very short bit and then it's like boom you're in the the muffin solo episode that'd be cool yeah that'd be awesome can't wait they they have to i feel like the muffin has just come into her own this uh this latest drop so oh and oh and the other one that just popped to mind too is something i love and this this plays in with camping 
is that I absolutely love it when they do the time jumps. And I really hope they start to do a little bit more of it and we kind of get to see a little bit more of um, life beyond, you know, like four and six. Oh, surely right. Oh, I feel crossed. like, Kate, we can endorse all those uh, endorse all those wishes. We'll yep. second the motion. Just, just one more, Cam. And what pop culture reference do you really want to see in an episode and give us a reason why? Oh, I would love to see them do, and if they may have done this already because they're so sly, those sly geniuses. But um, <laughs> I would love to see the like a Mad Max, just like a George Ooh, Miller reference yeah. in there. Mm. Um, any did they, pick any did of George in Miller films? Escape. We like is we have theorised that Escape was. Yeah, the dream house was very Fury Road. Yeah, um, yeah, the dream house does kind of it is kind of like Fury Road, but I'd like <laughs> to see a little bit more some of those like iconic like Australian films because like yeah, they're kind of like there's a lot of kind of like 80s American pop culture references in it, but um yeah, it'd be nice to kind of see some some cool like little local references for films thrown in there and I guess kind of films like Mad Max and like you know, I'm not saying Bluey needs to be wa- walking through hanging rock or anything like that, but it's <laughs> <laughs> even though that would be that would be so awesome with those pan pipes, but um and I'd love to see what Joff does with those. Okay, cool. That great answer. And this has just been so much fun, Cam. Thank you for uh getting in the wagon today. Um you've got um the similar creative output to the Ludo team, where should we be looking out for you towards the end of 2020? Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter, Mr. Cam W, um, which is where I put most of my rubbish. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm currently, we're currently in pre-production on an ABC audio fictions project um, and we're casting that. That's been kind of cast at the moment and that's really exciting. Uh, so it's a whole bunch of different uh, audio kind of stories brought to life by actors and and the fantastic production team there. So that's kind of going to be like a scripted fi- fiction series that's coming out hopefully towards the end of the year, maybe early next year. They haven't given me a definitive date yet. That sounds um, awesome. But I think that's going to be a real treat. The other one is, uh, and this is just like a shameless plug, it's um, look out for the Christmas edition of The Big Issue because – uh, the vendors are kind of getting back out there, especially in Melbourne, but all around Australia. And they put together a really cracker edition of that. And the issues that they've had come out since the kind of restrictions have been lifting have all m- been pretty much close to sellouts, which is like an amazing result. Um, so if, yeah, anyone that's in Australia um, that is a has never bought a big issue before or is always thinking about buying them or maybe you're a regular buyer, I think towards the end of the year, definitely grab that Christmas issue and then make it a regular habit next year to try and grab one um, because, yeah, those vendors, yeah, are really uh, going to appreciate that uh, after, after this nightmare year. Such a worthy cause, um, Cam, and can't wait to uh, get our hands on the latest edition either. So that'll be really good. Cool. Um, I think we have finally got to the end of this <laughs> epic, epic episode, which I guess is appropriate for movies. Um, <laughs> Cam, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as usual, you can get on board with Got to Be Done on our socials. It's at BlueyPod on Insta, at Bluey Podcast on Twitter got to be done the bluey podcast on facebook and you can email us to uh bluepod at gmail.com uh kate thanks cam so much fun um but yeah look in the meantime it's got to be, be done, done. <laughs> bye. bye you sit here bingo oh swingy chair
What? <laughs> Maybe just sit forward a bit. Okay.